Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel, and if I was a mystery booster pack and you opened me up, you would find a whole bunch of Homerid and Crab cards. I'm Brian Dawes, and if I were a mystery pack, I would be full of commander cards that have never been printed as foil, settling in foil. Basalt Monolith, please. I'm Carrie Thomas, and if I was a mystery pack, you would open me up and it'd just be... It'd just be MTG portal cards. They can't get rid of these babies fast enough, huh? They haven't been, like, selling on the singles market? I, it's very, very difficult to buy, like, tip cards, if you didn't know. Like, just go ahead and try to do that and waste your money. <laughs> I imagine, I I know people who work at, like, large LGSs that do those online stuff. I should find out, like, what they do with those. I assume mostly throw them out. I don't know. It's a mystery. But anyway... Getting to news this week, speaking of mystery boosters, apparently mystery boosters are a real thing that is going to be happening in, in real real meat space at real events. So this was announced on uh, Weekly MTG last week, uh, starting at Magic Fest Richmond, which is also um, Mythic Championship 6. There's going to be a special limited event with mystery boosters. They couldn't say anything about them other than that they would not contain reserve list cards. So <laughs> we have no idea what's going to be inside them. But there's going to be an event. And uh, there's also going to be another one um, at PAX Unplugged in December. That's in Philadelphia, my hometown. So if that's a thing that you want to do, go to that. Come say hi to me. I'll be, I'll be at PAX all weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is weird yeah it seems to be an event only thing uh as far as we know event only the boosters are on on the packaging it just says mystery booster and then it says like convention pack or whatever so that's weird um i i don't know what that means uh it, it reminds me a lot so at uh hascon they did the blind iconic masters pre-release events, uh, which I participated in, and that was a whole lot of fun because we're sitting here opening a master set and not knowing what is in the set. And then, in all my packs, I opened like I did two events and opened like three Day of the Dragons, so like classic masters luck. Uh, I did also open an Ether Vial and a Horizon Canopy, so that's dope. But like, who knows what these are? I'm curious if it's some kind of product that has like new art for reprints or maybe it's like do you actually not know you didn't work on any creative text for this product <laughs> i have no idea what this is okay then that's fine i was just curious if this was playing coy i i we don't we don't even know if it's like for a new set gavin like hinted on reddit that it was some kind of pre-release like event so like i i, I just don't know what's happening and I'm very curious. Uh, they also announced on Weekly MTG a new boxed set product called Unsanctioned. This is going to be released on February 29th next year. Leap day for a leap year. Because, uh, of course, it's a silver-bordered product, so they got to do something funky with the release. And uh, this is going to be a box set. So this is not a full new unset. This is a product that contains five monocolored 30-card decks. And the idea is you and a friend can sit down, pick two colors, shuffle the cards together, play a game of magic against each other. So uh, these 
Uh, this product is going to feature 16 brand new silver bordered cards, uh, five in each of the decks, and then one card that appears in all five decks. So probably an artifact or land, I would assume. Yeah, arcane signet, and I'm going to scrap it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it's going to feature reprints from the past three onsets, so unglued, unhinged, and unstable, which is fascinating because they have never reprinted uncards before, and uh, they have promised some new art from uh, some of these did reprints. The lands. Um, they did do the lands. You are right. Uh, so there's going to be new art for some of the reprints. So like some of the silver border cards are big and cubes. So like I fully expect to get a new art booster tutor. If they pass up on that opportunity, that's going to be outrageous. Booster tutor is just cube staple at this point. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves playing it. Even I own one. If I if I ever actually build a cube, like <laughs> Cube Tutor is one of the black uncommons. I'm sorry, like it it just is. The card is so fun. And then uh, it also is going to contain ten new basic land arts, uh, two of each basic land type. And uh, so so each of the little thirty card decks is going to have its own basic land. And then there's going to be ten other basic land cards five foil five non-foil that have new uh, a different art and a different frame treatment that that'll be totally new um they did not show those off yet i assume they're gonna hold those till closer till release next year to reveal those when they need to remind us that the product is, is exists to get the hype up but uh seems cool uh, new uncards is always fun. New uncards that don't go in a booster that are designed potentially for a deck theme is cool. Um, Unstable was really fantastic about making a lot of cards that people like for cube. Um, there had been a handful in Unglued and Unhinged that that people like, but but un Unstable really I think is like the benchmark of unsets, and I'm excited to see uh, even just 16 more cards. Uh, in in their quirky design philosophies so that should be fun unstable was so much fun to draft and this being just like a boxed set meaning you can just go pick it up and then just play it right out of the box without having to do anything is nice um, they did also announce the uh, officially the game nights uh, product for this year we had uh, seen the product packaging it turns out they just wanted to throw some cool Planeswalker art on the packaging, which is legit. Um, Planeswalkers, so uh, Nihiri, Jason, Frasco were on it. They have nothing to do with the product. Where it's uh, the same as last year, where it's 560 card decks out of the box in kind of like a biodome experience where they're all tuned against each other. And then they have a whole bunch of reprints from Core 2020 and then a whole bunch of past reprints that are not going to be legal and standard. But um, I think last year's had some new art. So... Uh, I would expect that, I guess. And then there's five unique Mythic Rares, which all look pretty dope. Um, and then they announced a gift bundle for Throne of Eldraine. So instead of, like, the, the gift boxes of past years, um, this is basically a, a booster, um, a um, a bundle for Throne of Eldraine with a unique packaging. It's uh, foiled out, shiny uh, art with Rowan. It looks really cool. It's uh, One of the arts, I think, is on one of the t-shirts that they have. Um, but then otherwise, it's pretty much like a normal bundle. There's 10 booster packs, uh, 20 basic lands, 20 foil basic lands, and then uh, the different thing is a collector's booster. And then they also have the oversized spin down, but this one is like a sparkly slash pearlescent pink thing. It looks pretty cool. They had it on stream. Uh, it's neat. Like, 
it's a good gift product by the looks of it. So if you were going to buy a bundle and probably just want to spend a little bit more money, that seems cool, I guess. Um, and then our last bit of news is we got a little bit more information about War of the Spark Forsaken, which will be out November 12th. So that is only a month away. So they had a, a short little news bulletin on the mothership about it and uh, reminding us that uh, Dovinban, Tezzeret, and Liliana Vess are on the run and the guilds are sending Kaya, Frasca, and who's the other one that I'm blanking on? Ral, after them, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Um, and so they're like, Liliana Vess's future truly free of her debts for the first time liliana vesh should feel liberated instead liliana flees from those she once called allies and friends as enemies close in on her and survival is at risk the question that truly beguiles her is who is liliana vesh really which you know legit and like they talk about kaya's gonna be in there she's gonna continue having problems with the orjav and being guildmaster and being in the gatewatch now and like you know, what does the Gatewatch do after this? They defeated Bolas. They foiled the big plan. Like, what did they do? They've lost their leader. And, like, how does the group handle that? And But also, like, the most interesting parts to me is this, uh, the section at the bottom that says, New Insights into Characters. And I'm just going to read the section. Uh, Tracking down fugitives who don't want to be found requires help. As Vraska, Ral Zarek, and Kaya seek their prey, it leads to exciting revelations about intriguing characters like Teo Verata, the Wanderer, and more. Even Rat, the gateless girl few can see, may not be everything she seems. Dot, dot, dot. Very mysterious. But also the Wanderer! I love the Wanderer! Um, so I will be excited to learn more about her. And I don't know. I'm interested in the book a lot. Um... We obviously had our War of the Spark Ravnica episode, and uh, that novel turned out, I think, as as well as it could have, which is uh, not a high bar for it to have cleared. It's difficult. At the same time, they, I don't, I don't, as an independent person, I do not have full faith in this novel, just because... War of the Spark itself, War of the Spark Ravnica was a character overload. Yeah, agree. This one seems less so, but still far above the average character count and promises compared to past magic novels. Like, not that there's, like, statistically less Planeswalker characters across all novels, which there seem to be. Um, this is just a strange approach to it and i'm interested to see like how people receive it because right now it's um a little bit up in the air <laughs> yeah i'm mostly just curious about it um i i there are lots of parts of where the spark ravnica that i liked um that i thought greg did well considering the circumstance he was but i i personally think he was given a literally impossible task i think there was no way where the spark ravnica was going to turn out what I will loosely call a good book. Um, like, I enjoyed it well enough, but, like, I'm interested to see what Greg does with a little more freedom and uh, less tethering to a card set. But that's it for the week. Uh, for the news, not for the whole week, because uh, while we're talking about Magic Story, we should say we are moving on to more 
episodes of The Gathering Storm, the prequel stories to War of the Spark by Django Wexler that have been coming out every week. So we uh, took kind of a break from talking about these because Eldraine happened and Commander happened and we were very busy. But uh, what uh, episode 19 gets published, this this next episode is 19 and there's only 20. So there, there's only two more episodes left after this. We're going to next three weeks clean up the rest of uh, Gathering Storm. So we'll have that done and uh, ready for uh, World of Spark Forsaken when that comes out. And I know our our fans are a little concerned, like they don't want to listen to all this Gathering Storm stuff when they know Chandra number four is definitely coming out on October thirtieth. We'll yeah. we'll get to Chandra. We'll get to her. We we have had the <laughs> we took a similar approach for both of those, where we were just like we're just gonna sandbag it till near the end, and then we'll catch up on it. Yeah, we we made the mistake of recording a whole episode for Chandra number one and. We'll probably just recap all four issues whenever they're out. Like for what for what it's worth, I'm enjoying the comic well enough. It's just this release has killed it and has killed the next one. And but that, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about <laughs> Gathering Storm because we need to talk about Mister Ral Zarek, and we're starting picking up with Chapter Eleven, which of course you know Magic is now bankrupt. Um, it's not really. <laughs> I didn't get the joke. I didn't get the joke at first. Took me a second. So chapter 11 begins with, uh, Ral working on a project because he has what he thinks is a potential plan to, uh, in the wake of the petrification of Esperia to, to save to save his little coalition and and try and get the guild pact to accept Niv-Mizzet as the new living guild pact. Um, but while he's doing this, he remembers his first planeswalk. Uh, so if you remember, he got stabbed and then found his boyfriend cheating on him and then was dying and heartbroken and was whisked away to the blind eternities. And he pops up in some dark alley on some plane on a stormy night. And uh, he gets jumped by a couple thugs who are going to rob him for sure and potentially murder him. But they messed with the wrong storm mage because it is thundering out and it calls down a lightning bolt and zaps them and steals their stuff and wanders into town. And he finds a tinkerer who makes like a bunch of little gadgety stuff uh, and um, becomes an apprentice. So this is kind of where he learns the basics of artifice. And uh, he starts working on his first accumulator. So the the device he wears that lets him zap lightning bolts without a storm nearby that we see him have in the modern day. So th- this is kind of where he, he learns all the tricks of the trade and builds his own thing because he's an inventive guy. And remember, this is all before he is part of the Izzet. He did not even live in the 10th District before. So he's he's really showing his true colors uh, early, which is cool to see, um, knowing where like his character ends up. So uh, while here, he ends up dating a guy named Harith, who's big burly bear of a man. 
and we learn also a criminal who is planning on robbing the tinkerer that Ral is an apprentice for. And Ral is like, look, I can help. You should cut me in on this and give me some money. So uh, they, they bring him in on the thing, and then they rob this tinkerer. And uh, here's the thing. Ral is also at a point where he's not very trustworthy of other people. And uh, he ends up finding Harith's um, ledger where he plans all his crimes and ends up robbing Harith and his crew and turning traitor to them. And, you know, they whine about it. And Rala's like, ah, crap, Harith actually like does kind of legit care about me and our relationship. But he's feeling still feeling i think that betrayal and uh from from his last boyfriend and is not really in a good place and he's just kind of like see you later chumps you shouldn't have been such fools and uh you know you know rala's character who's teetered on the edge of villainy at some points he's he's not always been the nicest person and uh this is more of that in his backstory like like he was already kind of okay being Bolus's heavy on Ravnica, and now he's like extorting and robbing people who legitimately like him. And it's nice that he seems to have gotten better. So then uh, we come back to the present, and uh, his his big project. Um, so the implicit maze has a bunch of ley lines that run through um, territory held by all ten guilds, and. If the Ten Guilds can't get together and amend the Guild Pack themselves, Ral thinks he can build machines that will kind of force the Ley Lines into the correct configuration to let Niv-Mizzet become the Living Guild Pact and them to initiate their actual plan. Um, so he's working on these uh, Ley Line Resonators and designing them um, all while... Uh, the rest of the guilds that he's still allied with are getting antsy. So he presents this uh, this plan to Niv-Mizzet, who kind of signs off on it, and, and they get their rest of their coalition together. So it's largely the uh, Kaya and the Orjhav, Aurelia and the Boros, Dovin Ban and the Azorius, Hakara and the Rakdos. And uh, they get together with Ral and kind of plan out what they need to do. They get almost all the other guilds on board with letting the Izzet build these resonators on their territory, except Gruul and Golgari. Um, Vraska has isolated herself and the swarm from the rest of Ravnica, and the Gruul are not playing nice with anybody, and uh, we'll, we learn why in next chapter. So um, they figure out what they have to do, and they're like, look, we don't have a choice here. We have to start some fights. So um, the Boros and the Azorius commit a whole bunch of their armies to uh, march on Gruul and Golgari territory to claim the land necessary to build the Resonators for their plan. Um, and then we have this very heartfelt personal moment uh, after the meeting uh, between Ral and Hakara, because Hakara really misses Raska. Um really wholesomely and wholeheartedly and uh she feels like a part of the team their little ragtag team is missing mates and huh they're mates 
they are mates because Hakara's super bisexual. Um, but also like just friends with so many people. She had she's like such a good character. I love her a lot. But Rala is still really feeling betrayed by Vraska because Vraska undermined a lot of good things they had going and created a lot of problems. So uh, there, there's there's this tension between Hakara and Rao building with regards to Braska at the end of the chapter. And that's chapter 11. Yeah. Um, chapter 12 kicks off with Kaya. Um, more specifically, Kaya oh, going along with every other guild in Ravnica and starting to militarize the forces. Um, Tesa initially pushes back on this because she's looking... I mean... Kyle literally just got in charge. Tesa put her in charge. Pretty much saved her life for the most part um, compared to other people who would have taken on the debts and taken over the guild. But the conversation quickly shifts to Tesa trying to discourage this. But, well, the conversation quickly shifts to Kaya's roles in assuming the debts of Karlov. And especially when she's encountered by, let me pull up the name of the character. I believe it's Olgagia, but I do not know how to pronounce that. Olgaya. Um, she's approached by a Orzov indebted who is asking her to relieve their family's debts because otherwise their children will take it on. Kaya is not too fond of this whole child debt situation that the Orzhov the Orzhov have going on. Um, she forgives the debt, but also tells hush hush, which will be repeated um, in regards to forgiving the debts. Doesn't want this to be a common occurrence. Little does she know what's in store for her in the rest of the story. Um, but then we shift to Ral, who is currently marching onto Gruul territory, along with a whole bunch of Izzet troops and Azorius troops. Um, and Boros troops. Boros troops. Is it Azorius troops as well? Yes, Azorius and Boros troops. Um, he is leading there with Commander Version? Version? Ferzine. Ferzine. I don't know. F-E-R-Z-H-I-N. We need Jay here to mispronounce the name. Yeah. Jay usually does this, and then we make fun of him, and then we can't do it either. (laughs) Uh, She's a Minotaur, though. Yes, she is a Minotaur commander. Um, They pretty much walk right into an ambush, but shortly before are approached by the new self-proclaimed guild leader of the Gruul, who is Damri Raid. Um, Domri we had not seen in the story prior. He explains the Borborigmo situation away. Does he in this story? Well, Lavinia kind of does that via exposition. Yes. There you go. Ferzine is injured in combat. Rel and the crew end up winning the battle, and now they have a location to set up the Resonators. Then in Chapter 13, we start with Vraska, Feeling a little mopey with uh, Zedek down in her throne room. Her her throne, which is now fully cushioned, which is <laughs> it's one of my favorite running jokes that that she's she had the ambitions of building this chair and she it was uncomfortable. So she got a cushion and now there's like multiple cushions on it. So like she keeps not 
<laughs> the throne continues to be like one of the worst ideas she ever had. Hey, no, it's fine now. She has cushions. It's comfortable. It's fine. <laughs> so she's down there, kind of mopey, and uh, Hikara shows up. And uh, she, uh, Zedek, uh, lets Vraska know, like, hey, we've captured an, an intruder. And and they bring her in, and it's Hikara. And uh, Hikara's like, yep, fell in the moat, because she's soaking wet. Um, and then they're like, wait don't you know the moat has like crocodiles in it and then she's like yeah they're bitey <laughs> so um but she basically comes down as a friend and says like hey Vraska, like i miss you being on the team and Vraska's like hey Baral doesn't really want me back and so they're going back and forth and and uh hikar's like come on Raul will take you back we're all pals and Braxes uh, says, quote, I have responsibilities. Burn them, Hakara said promptly. Burn? Vraska shook her head. Burning solves most things, I find, Hakara said. Which is, like, the most delightful exchange. And I super agree. And, like, yeah, it feels a lot like Jaya's uh, answer to everything. I feel like had Jaya and... Hakara gotten to meet each other before Hakara died. It would have been so wonderful. They probably would have enjoyed each other a lot, yes. But then ultimately, um, Vraska is like, look, my loyalties are to the Golgari. I have I have more than me to worry about. I have responsibilities to my people. We are a collective here. Like, I can't just abandon them. And and so Hikara kind of sulks and goes back. And as she's leaving, she falls into the moat again because she's fun. <laughs> so then we move to um, Orshova and uh, Tomek brings Kaya to Tesa, who has found out that Kaya has been forgiving debts. And Tesa is going through all these ledgers and, and books and um, is like, hey, there is money missing you are forgiving our debts. You cannot do that. Embezzlement. Tesa is like, look, everything we're doing here is perfectly legal. Because they, you know, Kaya has this moral argument uh, where she says, if the guilt depends on enslaving children for the debts of their fathers, then maybe it deserves to be destroyed. Hell yeah. Because um, honestly, it really does. Most of the guilt should probably be destroyed. They're mostly terrible. Uh, dystopia yep so they get a fight and uh you know this continues the fight from chapter 11 where uh tesa is like like this is a good reminder that tesa while she's been helpful in a lot of the plots in all three ravnica blocks um she's still an order of oligarch cold-blooded yeah she's not necessarily a good person all the time and uh so so kaya ends up storming out like tomek scrambles to open the door for her and she just ghosts right through it uh which is like that is, that is storm out goals right there <laughs> so ral is super worried because uh they they've captured the girl territory and built the resonator but he's like really worried about this uh gogari assault so uh he he goes um to uh his secret apartment and uh 
Tomek shows up and uh, it's very, very rainy and they're both soaking wet. And Tomek has curry. Then it gets real horny real quick. And uh, honestly, it's adorable. They are like legit the best couple in magic history. And uh, they very quickly um, both become anxious again. And uh, Raul is super worried about his plan. And Tomek is very worried about the stability of the Orchov. And uh, things are very uncertain. So uh, we we end the chapter with uh, Raul, Kaya, Dovin, and Aurelia meeting together to confirm their plans. And like, hey... We are ready for these assaults. And, you know, it, it sucks. But Frasca made her choice. And we have to do what we have to do to ensure Ravnica's safety. So everyone's kind of stuck in situations where all their personal relationships are seeing friction. Because they're balanced against their sense of duty to larger collectives of citizens. And if you're going to do large political dramas on a plane like this you know that's i think the best way to frame it and uh that's chapter 13 and that's basically it for this week's episode uh it's a short one thankfully um because that means less editing for me but uh yeah like i will pad out a little bit by saying like i i just can't believe like how good these stories are like like i can because obviously, like, they exist and I'm reading them, but, like, God, these stories are good. Yeah, Django really did a, an excellent job with these stories. He wrote all of the characters in a way that feels authentic to what we know about them so far, as well as he builds the the world around them in a way that Nikki Drayden did. Like, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. It, it really brings you into the world and... Um, makes it seem like something that we could experience. Um, and I really enjoyed reading all of these so far and can't wait to go over the next couple. Yeah, I think this this is actually as far as I've read so far. I'm way behind. I've been busy slash depressed. But, uh, I can tell you that things ramp up very, very quickly for this past week's story. Yeah, that's what I hear. I, I do know what uh, episode 18 features and uh, I'm excited to get there. So so I'll I got to catch up. Uh, Y'all should catch up because next week we are covering episodes 14, 15, 16. And then the week after we'll be covering 17, 18, 19, 20 and do kind of like a final overview, um, which we're probably going to all have very nice things to say. So at this point, I guess we should move on to final thoughts. So my final thought for this week is, uh, so uh, not this literal just past weekend, but but a week ago now, um, was uh, SCG Philly in quote-unquote my hometown. It's in Valley Forge, like 40 minutes outside the city. But uh, me and my uh, local partner always go up on Saturday to uh, say hi to folks and uh, hang out and... uh, Got to hang out on Friday with some folks who were in town for the event, and uh, someone who was here got to got to stay over on Saturday and Sunday nights, and uh, it's really nice. I got to spend the weekend with, honestly, some of my favorite people in the whole world, and um, it's 
it's weird being a Vorthos and having all these events happen because, you know, I'm, I'm not there to be a judge and I'm not there to, to be a grinder. And so when I get to events, it's, it's really just to see people I enjoy. And it's a good reminder that at the end of the day, the thing I like most about Magic is how many wonderful friends and, and folks I know through the game and through the community. And um, it's a good thing to keep in mind. And it's something I am actively trying to remind myself of more because there there are honestly a lot of absolutely amazing people that I know through this game and, and that that's nice it's a nice sentiment hashtag wholesome <laughs> um my final thoughts is it's my birthday and I'm ready to go to bed <laughs> to clarify uh Thursday the day we're recording is your birthday not yes. Monday yeah happy birthday Brian do we want happy to sing birthday. happy birthday? Please don't. <laughs> we need to fill out the episode, Brian. I hope you understand. <laughs> oh, we're we're going to sing all ten verses. Oh, God. <laughs> One for each guild. Um. Oh, God. My final thoughts. Um, I have... I mean, Halloween's coming up. That's the exciting thing. Get your costumes ready. Dress up. Even if you're an adult. Dress up. That's my lesson. Get candy. Especially get candy, but but dress up, have fun, enjoy Halloween. It's a good holiday. I'm gonna have so much candy. Um, it is a good holiday, which is why it's the only holiday that exists every day of the year. So happy Halloween, everybody! Um, if you also like to celebrate Halloween, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/TheVorthosCast and support us today. Everyone who supports us gets access to our Discord community, where every day we celebrate Halloween by talking about magic. Um, weird tradition, but, you know, it's cool. <laughs> um, we are kind of uh, heading out of the the big core of Eldraine things, but, you know, we've got the ending of Gathering Storm coming up, and we've got a new novel coming out soon. And now is the always, you know, it's always the perfect time to be joining joining our discord uh we're we're gonna get some exciting stuff leading into the end of the year and uh you know before too long it'll be time to talk about theros uh so if if that's something you would be interesting in um interested in uh joining the community or, or really like even if you don't want to join the community if you want to just help the show happen every week um we we use we use all your support to to make sure we can keep producing this show for all y'all um it means a lot for all of you to keep listening week after week after week listening to us blabber on and pad episodes when they're very short and you know uh i would have more sentiments but honestly i really do like short episodes so uh, i'm gonna end it there and um thank everybody for listening and this has been Forthos cast.